0: Golden Tara, the third emanation of the 21 Taras. And today, my name is Melissa Abbott. I'll be talking about Golden Tara and we'll be doing her practice as well. So let's start with the meaning of Golden Tara's name. So let's go back to the Padma-Sambhava lineage. And Padmasambhava was a teacher who went into Tibet um, with the Tara practices. And those practices were called praises. Um, and the name that he used for the third emanation was Tara Sonam Tobje. And he went in Tibet, to Tibet about 1200 years ago. So, Tara, Sonam, Topje. Tara means liberator, guiding star. And Sonam means merit, good fortune, or prosperity. And Topje means increasing power and ability. Now, about 200 years after Padmasambhava first brought the practices to Tibet, a monk named Atisha, who was a scholar and came from Bengal. And he was guided to go to Tibet, and he brought a lot of practices and scriptures with him. So a lot of what we know about Tara comes through the Atisha lineage. And her his name for uh, the Golden Tara, the third emanation, is uh, Kanaka, Varna, Tara. So Kanaka means gold, and Varna means golden-colored moon, and Tara means liberator, guiding star. So they're very similar, uh, just a couple of different names. But what is Golden Tara all about? Well, Golden Tara supports you to fulfill the purposes of your life. And because she is yellow or golden in color, she is what they call one of the increasing Taras. The increasing Taras give you life energy and increase your ability to manifest your karmic destiny. And many people might think that means increasing monetary wealth, but it also means increasing spiritual wealth and increased spiritual development. Um, and that development to reach the ultimate goal of enlightenment or awakened awareness. So, in essence, the golden Tara develops not just material wealth, but spiritual wealth. And in Sanskrit, we might call this bhukti, worldly enjoyment, and mukti, spiritual attainment. And Golden Tara represents the light of life itself and the increasing of its means, healing, wholeness, and untarnished radiance. Well, you may ask, what are the purposes of your life? After all, that is a big question that men and women throughout the ages have contemplated deeply and often. Even as small children, we guess and wish for what we may be when we grow up. Perhaps we wanted to be a teacher or a fireman or a garbage man or a crane operator. Our aspirations grow and change over time. And when we are in high school and college, we may dream to marry the partner of our dreams, open a business or have children or travel or be a movie star. I mean, the list just grows and expands. And there are many people who have no idea what they want to do in their lives. It's a quandary and a constant source of change and evolution for almost each and every individual There are those individuals, though, who are interested in not just worldly success, but also strive for awakening or what they might call in Buddhism, enlightenment. And if you remember, or if you don't know, whatever, uh, Tara, the goddess Tara, originally made the vow to become enlightened in the body of a woman. So you may ask, how does evolution and sadhana, you know, your spiritual journey and path happen in a woman's body? Now, there are an abundance of male spiritual teachers, and sadly in this day and age, many of them become all too full of themselves and have had tremendous fails and falls. And the list is very long and it's actually hard to find a male teacher of yoga or meditation who doesn't have a tarnished past. Whether they became over controlling of their students, created cult circumstances, sexually abused women, stole money from their organizations, uh, telling others who they could marry, you know, and just mainly cultish activities. And I'm not even talking about the patriarchal institutions like the Catholic church and uh, our governments. So as a woman in a woman's body, I started to see my own path as a bit different than say, a man would describe his path. There are different milestones in a woman's life and we have different cultural upbringing as well. And those milestones might include marriage, childbirth, raising children, um, being a member of a community, taking care of our family, uh, being married, being a wife, and all the things that women do which are marginalized by even spiritual people who do not recognize the intense sadhana spiritual path it takes to raise children and go through childbirth. Those experiences are just really masterclasses in letting go and bringing in new energy and being transformed from the inside out just by being a woman. And I learned this once on a Mother's Day at that meditation ashram I was living in, in South Fallsburg, New York, with uh, Guru Mai. Um, And she is a teacher from India, from north of Bombay or Mumbai, Ganeshpuri, India. And she comes from a lineage of powerful monks and teachers. She is a Saraswati monk. And she has an ashram in upstate New York. And I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time with her at her ashram there many years ago. So once on a Mother's Day at this meditation ashram, I was living in in South Fallsburg, New York. She took only the mothers who were in the ashram into the temple in front of a statue of a powerful siddha and Siddha means enlightened master, and his name was Bhagwan Nichananda And he is in the lineage of um, her tradition. And that statue is known to be an enlivened statue. In other words, it has this powerful Shakti. So we sat around the murti, which is another name for enlivened statue. And we chanted for about 45 minutes, a chant to the goddess, goddesses Kali and Durga. Kali, Durga, Namo, Nama, Kali, Durga, Namo, Nama. And afterwards, and she was sitting to the side. It was very beautiful. The energy was very nice after the chant. And we, everyone, felt really calm and centered. And then she spoke, and she gave us, uh, all of us mothers, a little talk, which was partly advice and partly a master class on feminine sadhana. And she told us, and this was news to me at the time, (laughs) that we were very lucky to be doing our sadhana as mothers. And she acknowledged that being a mother was extremely difficult on so many levels. You're always on call, you're protecting, you're nourishing, you're educating, you're playing, you're being creative, and you're giving powerful amounts of energy to the children in your life. And she said that a mother's ego is constantly and naturally being broken down by, just by being a mother. It's a natural sadhana of constantly releasing. A mother practically doesn't need any other practice except being a mother to evolve and grow spiritually. It was then that I felt her compassion for mothers Because honestly, at that time, I didn't think anyone really knew what mothers went through, except maybe other mothers. And in turn, I I felt that deep compassion for myself and all the other mothers as well. And I also instantly got another understanding of things. So many times I had deeply resented being a mother because I felt it kept me from meditation and practices. And at the time, and this is in the 1990s, there had been a big meditation program every summer in a tent. And as a mother, I could not attend it because of the hours. And, and, you know, I was on call to take care of my children. Instead, I was given the job of making malas or prayer beads in the mala room, which was near the children's house. So I could get my children for meals and we could be together. And I could also do some seva at the children's house. But at the time, I was actually kind of resentful and mad about this, which in hindsight seems really silly to me now. But the people, in the tent on the meditation retreat, all wore special white meditation clothing. And they had special prayer beads or malas to say their mantras. And they were saying them like thousands of times a day. And I wanted to be doing all of that. I wanted to be in the tent. I wanted to be part of that group. And I really felt separate. And so later... When the energy in the tent got overwhelming and, you know, it was a month long course and the overseers of the meditation program would send people to the prayer bead mala room where I made malas and they sent them there to calm them down because the energy saying all those mantras and the meditation and the intensity of the place with thousands of people um, created a lot of It it stirred up and triggered a lot for people. And so they sent them there to the mala room to calm them down. And so they would arrive, sometimes crying, sometimes upset, sometimes confused. Uh, And we set them to sorting beads and admonished them to breathe and say their mantra in a relaxing way. And I didn't see it at the time. But my sadhana was perfect. My path was perfect. There in the mala room, I was saying malas in a relaxed way. I was being with my children. I mean, nothing could be more perfect. And for some reason, I just didn't see it. And it was all just as great as people wearing special clothing and being in a tent meditating and chanting with everyone else. So, learning to see your evolution as a woman on the spiritual path as perfectly perfect, no matter what the circumstances, and using all of your life's circumstances, like being a mother, to grow on the path. And just as Tara attained her enlightenment in the body of a woman, so can you attain enlightenment too. In fact, her sadhana, which really is represented by the 21 Taras. There is something for every part of your journey in each one of the 21 Taras. And the 21 Taras eventually culminates in the 21st Tara, which has all the energies of all the other Taras. So this is what this practice is about imbibing all the various energies of the 21 Taras and taking them into yourself on deeper and deeper levels. Wherever you're at, there is something for you in this practice. So my guru, Guru Mai Chidvalasananda, and she's from the Hindu tradition. She's a Saraswati monk, um, once told her students, on a New Year's Day talk, uh, a version of this. And this was in the 1990s sometimes. And she just said four words. She said, golden mind, golden life. And even after many years of contemplating this, it has always stayed with me. And I have often imagined my thoughts and awareness as being golden. But not till I studied Golden Tara in the Vrajayana Buddhist tradition, did I actually get some techniques of visualization, mantra repetition, and insight into the ways to connect on a deeper mind, on a deeper level to the golden mind. So let's talk about what golden Tara looks like. Golden Tara's expression is very peaceful She's peaceful but fierce at the same time. She's no-nonsense, like all the Taras. And she's seated on a lotus throne. And her meditation cushion is a golden moon disk in the center. And she holds a blue lotus. And in that blue lotus is a wish-fulfilling jewel. That's what they call it. It's an energetic jewel in the center. And in some lineages, she also holds a golden vase. And that golden vase has the power to increase life energies, powers, riches, both material and spiritual. So her mantra, first of all, visualize Tom in the heart of golden Tara. And tam is a Sanskrit syllable. It kind of looks like the number three with a little om on top. Anyway, her mantra, om tada, tu Ture, sarwa, ayu, Punya, pushtam, kuru, soha. And her praise. So they call the praises and their teachings... So the teachings of the third emanation, Golden Tara, and there's a couple of different ones, but I'll tell you this one now. You, Tara, golden colored and holding a blue lotus flower in your left hand, you who have accomplished all six paramitas. you who are a totally enlightened being, I offer praises to you. And so that is her mantra. And we're going to talk more about the meaning of that later. But first we're going to start our practice. And in all the practices of the 21 Taras, we first visualize and invite. So we invoke green Tara. She's the head Tara. By visualizing her coming into form in front of us. So, just imagine her in front of you in a luminous, subtle body of green light, seated on a moon cushion in the center of a lotus throne. And imagine her surrounded by your teachers and their teachers. So, those teachers could be spiritual teachers, they could be family teachers, they could be your children, they could be neighbors. Um, Anyone, anyone can be a teacher, but if you have spiritual teachers, just invoke them and their lineage. And after that, visualize all 21 emanations of the Taras in the background behind your teachers. And they appear in luminous, subtle bodies of light in various colors. And imagine yourself surrounded by your friends, your loved ones, your supporters, they are surrounded by their friends as well. And you continue with this until you have imagined an infinite number of beings, all receiving the blessings of your Tara practice as her light pours into you and those around you. So if you can kind of imagine the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Heart Club band, Album cover, maybe if that's something you've ever seen, and there's all picture of all kinds of people and famous people and teachers and spiritual teachers surrounding the Beatles. So kind of imagine something like that. And if it's too hard for you to, you know, individually invoke um, each teacher. And each person, then you can just say, I ask my masters, teachers, loved ones and guides to be with Tara right now. So after you do that, we recite what's called the refuge prayer. And you can say it out loud or inwardly to yourself or just listen to me. So the refuge prayer is, for all those beings and with all those beings, I take refuge in Tara's completely awakened consciousness and in the wisdom teachings from all traditions and in the communities of spiritual practitioners around the world who have in the past and are here now longing For awakening, longing is very important. That draws the energy towards you. Or as an alternative, you can just say the short refuge prayer. I take refuge in the female Buddha Tara, the enlightened female consciousness, the Dharma, which are the teachings, and the Sangha, which is the community of practitioners. So if you're listening to this, that community would be me and you and anyone else who might ever listen to this. That is the refuge prayer. And then we do a practice called Generating Bodhicitta by reciting the Bodhisattva prayer. So what is Bodhicitta? Bodhicitta is feeling into the all potentiality oneness of enlightened consciousness drawing it into yourself. And so the prayer goes, so you just have to say the prayer or listen to me. Through the practice of giving and the other perfections, may I reach full enlightenment in order to be of benefit to all living beings. And next we repeat the four immeasurables. May all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May all beings be free from sorrow and the causes of sorrow. And may all beings never be separated from the sacred happiness, which is sorrow-less. May all beings live in equanimity without attachment for those we hold close or aversion for those we hold at a distance and live believing in the equality of all that lives. And so that equality of all that lives includes yourself, that compassion for yourself. Very important that you have that compassion for yourself because sometimes people have been brought up in very toxic circumstances and they have that, I'm not good enough feeling inside of them because they were told from a very young age that nothing they did was good enough. So that part of the four immeasurables that says, may all beings never be separated from the sacred happiness, which is sorrowless. That You could read that in a different way. May I know my own innate goodness and live believing in the goodness of the equality of all that lives. So next, we make offerings to Tara. And so there's some traditional offerings. So we can imagine placing in front of green Tara the traditional offerings, water to drink, water to wash the feet, flowers, incense, candles, perfume, food, and music. And since golden Tara has a multicolored jewel in the patilla of her blue lotus flower. I like to offer gemstones mentally. Gemstones like rubies, citrine, uh, blue topaz, yellow topaz, sapphires, diamonds. And I imagine the richness of them accented, you know, with all kinds of sparkles and energetic jewel energy. And these jewels transmit the energy of life right into my being. So sometimes when you give Tara something like that, she she turns around and she transmits it back to you. It's almost like a boomerang effect. And so a lot of what we do in uh, the Tara practices boomerangs back at us and fills us with increasing energy. Um, and then I sometimes like to imagine like some yellow kind of food, like a yellow lemon meringue pie or a bunch of bananas. And I sometimes imagine giving her blue hydrangea flowers from my garden. Or I imagine the gemstone in her lotus as an iridescent blue pearl, a radiant iridescent flash of round light. And the reason I do this is when I was spending time in the South Fallsburg ashram, I often had experiences of blue flashes of light coming before my eyes in meditation and also with my eyes open. So I had quite a good meditation practice there. Not only did I work in the mala room saying mantras all day long while I made prayer beads, on my breaks, I would go to the meditation cave and I would meditate regularly a few times a day. And sometimes it would just be for 15 or 20 minutes. I also did chanting, contemplations, whataya. I did a lot of different practices. So I had an intense meditation practice. And part of this is that I came to see this experience of the energy that the blue flashes, like an energy of God or a concentrated type of Shakti, another name for feminine energy, that was magnified by my practices and sometimes showed itself to me. I came to know that if I saw these blue flashes, then I was more or less on the right track in whatever I was doing. And there's actually a famous story about Guru teacher, Baba Muktananda. And he came to the USA in the 1970s, um, and he was invited to visit a black church in Harlem. And he had some world tours in the 1970s, and he called it his Meditation Revolution. Um, And this was around the time in that era where there were many discussions in the media. And at that time, like the media was the cover of Time magazine. And there were these were poignant questions at the time asking if God was a man or a woman. And while Muktananda was holding a program in the church and he was taking some questions and doing some answers This kind of came up, you know, the question, is God a man or woman? Is God black or white? You know, is God even a person? What is God? A man got up in the congregation and loudly asked, is God black or white, meaning skin color? And Baba paused and unexpectedly answered, God is blue. And that probably mystified many at the time. But when I heard the story during a gathering, a satsang with Guru Mai, uh, with a retinue of people that had been in the church with Muktananda, it all made perfect sense to me. And because of my meditation experiences of seeing blue flashes or dots and even other colored lights, so the blue lotus and the blue iridescent rainbow jewel in the blue lotus, to me, from my experiences, represented this level of connection to the non-dual wisdom state talked about in the praise for Golden Tara. And so, That praise talks about the unification of the wisdom blue energy. And in some traditions, it could be called kundalini shakti. And it can come from a transmission from teacher to student. It can also be a self-born spontaneous transmission as well. And so, in the tradition of Rajayana Buddhism, uh, from what I understand—and I'm no expert—but I have practiced meditation for many years—that there, they, they, um, they view the unification of that spontaneous wisdom blue energy coupled with what they call skillful means. And skillful means would be the visualization techniques, the concentration, the mantra repetition of the repetition of the sacred vibrations of Sanskrit. And all of this comes together in a cacophony of swirling enlightened energy. And they call this the swift path. They call it the swift path not only in the Tara practices, but also in the Zo Chen practices. So here in golden Tara, you see that combination of the wisdom blue energy and the, the golden energy. And the golden energy is the visualization, the concentration, the mantra repetition. So those two things together create the awakened awareness energy. And so we'll make some personal offerings as well. So you might make some personal offerings, your gratitude for things well done or fears you wish to release. You can give any aspect of your life to Tara for her transformation. So if you're having difficulties in your day-to-day life, or feeling distress, feeling ill about our collective state of affairs in the world. You know, you can offer those things to Tara as well. Um, And recently I've been offering the war in Ukraine, the mass school shootings, the parade shootings, and the misogyny of men wanting to control women's bodies all the while while paying them less and making them second-class citizens. And it's hard to believe that in our modern world, we still have these types of toxic situations. And these toxic situations, they run the gamut from you know, skin color to cultural differences. You can, you know, what was done to indigenous peoples around the world, Um, We can offer all of that to Tara and she takes it. She takes it all. And I also make other offerings, Um, you know, whatever's happening maybe in my personal world. Maybe I want to rearrange things work-wise. Maybe I want more time for writing or yoga or meditation practice Um, And then I just offer my resistances to things like maybe I'm resistant to cleaning the kitchen (laughs) or maybe I'm resistant to vacuuming. I offer all those things. You know, Tara takes it all. And she has also uh, helped me to understand that I have valid experiences in my path and my sadhana as a woman. And I've asked her to clear a path and so that I can do my practices and bask in the healing light. You know, that's that's how we evolve. And also women evolving on the enlightenment spectrum. So clearing a path for that. And you can think of the enlightenment spectrum like a rainbow of your life. We never actually get to the pot of gold. We're just always somewhere on the spectrum. And it's also very important that you cultivate the practice and the idea that Tara is consistently blessing your offerings and transforming them into amazing enlightened wisdom energy. And what happens is when you make those offerings, she takes them and she transforms them and she boomerangs them back to you. So in this way, we celebrate our path. We celebrate our spiritual work. And we start to notice the manifestation of Tara's enlightened activity in our everyday lives. lives. And it's a fact. If you do this practice You will start to see it. And Golden Tara, she increases your life energy and she transforms those things that you give her into this wonderful energy that comes back to you. And And it overflows in you. And it's like throwing a stone into a pond. The reverberations just flow out around it to everyone around you. So you're not just doing your practice for yourself. You're doing it for everyone, your neighbors, your teachers, your teachers, teachers, your loved ones, your guides. And so now in the practice, we'll invite Golden Tara's emanation to to move forward from the retinue of the 21 Tara's behind green Tara. And we were going to ask Golden Tara, the third emanation of the 21 Taras, to come to the front. And as she comes to the front in her golden light, she has Om in her crown. Om is the sound of enlightened consciousness. And she has Ah in her throat and Hum in her heart. So we'll recite, re, recite her praises um, and from, we'll do the Padma Sambhava lineage praise. Homage, mother, golden one. Her hand is adorned with a blue lotus whose field of practice is generosity, effort, austerity, calm, acceptance, and meditation. You, you Tara, golden colored and holding a blue lotus flower in your left hand, you who have accomplished all six paramitas, you who are a totally enlightened one, I offer praises to you. So let's, we'll do a little commentary on the golden Tara praise. What does all this mean? And in the praise, it mentions that Tara has realized the six paramitas. And um, let's talk about those. Those are the what they call the six perfections. And it is thought that if you have realized the six paramitas, the six perfect, perfections, then you are, completely enlightened. And so this Tara has realized all six paramitas. And in Tibetan, the first one is called Jingpa. And that is giving or transcendent generosity. Very interesting that the very first one is generosity. And so this would be generosity with other people, but also generosity with yourself. And the second parametra is uh, sondro, and that's joyful effort. So you don't give it the crummy effort. <laughs> you give it the joyful effort. <laughs> you don't give it the resentful effort. <laughs> it's the joyful effort. The third is katab, and that is transcendent discipline and morality. So a lot of people think that discipline is a dirty word, but discipline uh, leads you to have Um, a regularity in your life. It's a support for your life. And Ziwa, perfected calm. Staying calm in all circumstances, finding that calm within you. The fifth one is Zopa, which is patience, acceptance, and tolerance. The sixth, Semten, is meditation or concentration. And so these six... Paramitas or um, what they call the perfections are something that are mentioned in her praise. So in a sense, that's something for you to take into yourself as something to strive for. Now, in the Atisha lineage, we'll talk about the Atisha lineage praise. They're very similar. I praise the one who has a turquoise and gold body and a hand perfectly adorned with a lotus. And her sphere of activity is generosity, diligence, austerity, peacefulness, patience, and meditation. Very, very similar. And in the Golden Tower Praise, um, you know, we've mentioned it before, she's realized the six paramitas. Um, and when in the Buddhist tradition, anyone who reaches these attainments is completely enlightened and in this praise, there contains hidden meaning, there's hidden meanings, and we'll get to that. So those underlying hidden meanings in the praise, the praise actually contains instructions for increasing the inner heat. And in the Tibetan tradition, that's called tumo, which is an integral Buddhist meditation technique. And the three symbolic words of the praise are golden, lotus, and blue. And on the inner level, the lotus indicates the inner secret chakra, which is the source of the inner heat, the tummo, and the wisdom. And, you know, wisdom is this enlivened blue energy shakti that we talked about. Earlier, and the blue lotus held in Tara's hand with the wish fulfilling jewel in the center. Um, And the blue lotus uh, symbolizes the skillful means. And in the tantric Vrajayana path, there's a tradition of bringing together the union of wisdom and skillful means. Skillful means is the visualization, the mantra, the concentration, and those are the techniques. And this is known as the swift path and thought that an, invi- an individual can attain enlightenment in one lifetime rather than many lifetimes. And it, it is thought that the inherent energy or light of the inner wisdom, the Tumo, the increasing energy, the inner heat that is, that, you know, that, that is radiates out from golden Tara. And in yogic terms, you know, if you practice hatha yoga, you might call this tapas or tapasya. And that's the generation of inner heat through various practices. And it could be hatha yoga. It can also mean a transmission of energy from teacher to student, which increases inner heat to burn through various karmic imprints or samskaras that block the evolution of consciousness. And um, part of these teachings involve an initiation or transmission. So the deeper you go into it, there's like four different levels of initiation and transmission for these practices. And so I'm really just giving you an overview. And so the secret chakras of Tumo wisdom and they radiate the heat. And in turn, the result is increased blissfulness. And that blissfulness is symbolized by the gold. And this golden bliss, in turn, leads to what they call emptiness, rigpa, or shunyata. And shunyata is symbolized by the color blue. The color blue has a hidden secret meaning of going beyond mental objects or subjects. Um, and it's entering what they call a tantric view, a non-dual view, which is beyond words and concepts and pairs of opposites. And the word Rigpa comes from the Dzogchen tradition in Tibetan. Um, and they also have a tradition uh, in the Zoten tradition, which is called Rang Yung Yeshi. And Rang Yung Yeshi is an energy that can just suddenly appear. And it's known as what is called natural mind. And in a sense, it's a self-born wisdom, which is beautiful, clear, and bright. And Rigpa is considered to be never separate from the six paramitas and the source of external and internal blessings. So maintaining the Rigpa state, and you could get a transmission of the Rigpa state in initiation or an empowerment, or it could just uh, spontaneously occur with you. Um, And if you maintain, but you might have to do the practices to be able to maintain the Rigpa state where a person is not affected by external circumstances and is free from boundaries. And and this can take a lot of discipline. That's why discipline is so important in the six paramitas. So Rigpa is free from habits, limits, grasping and clinging. And the true wealth of golden Tara can be external as in physical manifestation of prosperity and wealth. But also the inner wealth of Rigpa, the true gold, the golden Tara, grants all wealth within. That could be spiritual wealth. And it all depends on the karma and the inclination of the seeker. So in our practice today, we're going to recite the mantra. And we'll repeat the mantra 21 times. And... If you have time, you can repeat it 108 times uh, whenever possible. I'm gonna get my mala out, <laughs> um, and the mantra um, is "Om Tare Ture Ture Sarva Ayu Punye Pushtam Kuru Soha." So let's take that apart. Let's just do a little commentary, what each word means. Om. Om is the sound of enlightened consciousness. Tare is another, another word for savioress, star, or liberator. Tutare means the supreme joy from having glimpsed Tara's enlightened state. And Tore means swift, remover of fear sarva. Sarva is all the emotions, reactions, things that keep you from ayur, which is giving life and longevity. So in other words, we some, sarva is like all the things we do to block ourselves from ourselves, <laughs> our emotions, our reactions. And we don't have that much control over a lot of these things. So uh, sometimes they just trigger. And we ask Tara, sarva, Ayu, so, save me from all my emotions, my reactions, and keep things that keep me from giving life, from that energy, from that golden energy, from longevity. And punye means merit. And that's the accumulation of goodness within you. Pushtang, increasing life's energies, kuru means urging Tara to do it now. We're not Ta, we're not saying Tara maybe you'll do it for me maybe you won't. We're saying Tara please do it now. You mean it when you say this. And then soha means let it be so. So be it. And it's like a little seal on the mantra. So om tare tu tare ture sarva ahu are you punya pushtam kuru soha so before we start remember your heartfelt intention to connect to tara and feel the mantra circulating counterclockwise in your heart so imagine the tom in the center of your heart in the center of golden Tara, you can even imagine golden tara in the center of your heart and this mantra as you say it circulates counterclockwise in your heart area like a big circle around your breastbone so let us begin om tara tu ture sarva Ayu you punya kuru soha om Tutara tutada today sarva are you punya kuru soha om tada tu sarva Ayu punya pushedam kuru soha om tata tu today sarva are Punye, pushtam Kuru, Soha Om Tada, Tootada, Tude Ayu, Punye, pushtam Kuru, Soha Om Tada, Punya, Kuru, Soha Om Ayu punya pushtam puru soha Om tata tu tata tu day Sarva ayu punya pushtam kuru soha Om tata tu tata tu day Sarva ayu punya pushtam kuru soha Om tata tu tata tu day Sarva ayu punya pushtam kuru soha om tada tu tada Sarva day sarava ayu pune Pushtam kuru soha om tada tu tada tu day sarava ayu pune Pushtam kuru soha om tada tu tada tu day sarava pune pushthom kuru soha om tada tu tada tu day Sarva Ayu Punya Pushtam Kuru Soha Om Tada Tude. Ture Sarva Ayu Punya Pushtam Kuru Soha Om Tada Tude. Ture Ayu Punya Pushtam Kuru Soha Om Tada Tude. Ture Sarva Ayu Punya Pushtam Kuru Soha One more. Om Tara, Tutara, Ture, Sarva, Ayu, Punye, Pushtum, Kuru, Soha. And remember, your heartfelt intention to connect to Tara. Feel the mantra circulating counterclockwise in your heart. And we will rest for a few moments in a silent meditation, resting in the open space of awareness, staying with the aliveness of the mantra recitations, leaving all concepts and thoughts behind and remain in this state. If you're doing this practice for as long as you are comfortable, You can say the mantra 108 times, you can say it 21 times, and then remain in the state of silent meditation for as long as you are comfortable. And for our practice today, it'll just be a few moments. so now we will dissolve the visualization imagine the emanation of golden tara receding into her place into the mandala so we had her in the forefront bring her back with the other 21 taras and then visualize the entire mandala of all the Taras, your masters, your teachers, your loved ones and guides, the green Tara, it all just dissolves, swirls and dissolves into light. And that light flows into your heart where that small version of golden Tara is seated on a lotus-shaped throne in your heart. And that light circulates throughout your entire body counterclockwise through your torso into your limbs, into your throat area, into your head, into your, into your lower extremities, your thighs, the top of your head, your calves, your arms, your hands, your feet swirls, the light circulates through your entire body, and then it pours out through your heart into the entire universe. And the light pours out, but Golden Tara remains with you, and that you retain a bit of her enlightened state, and that integration of the six paramitas. So next time you're at a stop sign and the person in front of you is checking their email and doesn't see that the green turned red, practice one of the six paramitas, patience. Next time you meditate, you have a little bit of Tara, golden Tara's enlightened state in your meditation. And now we will dedicate the merit. So we're going to offer the positive contribution of this practice to the collective consciousness of the world for the healing and awakening of every sentient being. So whatever is left over, and there's a lot we've, we've we're just emanating it out it's like ripples in a pond so the light stays within us and that enlightened state that little bit of enlightened state stays within us but the rest goes out to the collective consciousness of the world and so we'll end with a prayer i dedicate whatever positive potential that has been generated by this practice for my own healing and awakening but also for the healing and awakening of all beings everywhere with no exceptions. And then, or you can, there's a shorter prayer you can say, through the power of my merit, may I quickly attain the state of the exalted Tara and lead all sentient beings without a single exception into that state. So feel the light circulating through your body and feel that energy coming out through your heart to the collective consciousness of the world. Om, Tutade, tare Om Tade, Tutade, ture. Sarva, Ayu, Punya, Pushtam, Kuru, Soha. And thus ends my commentary an overview of the third emanation of the golden tara thank you namaste